I'm not going to judge other people's decisions that they make to navigate this industry because, you know, it's real. Like being a woman in music, it's real. There are things that do get in the way. There's all these preconceived notions you have to deal with. And there's certain standards that were set during a time where women were straight up just not respected in their own right as musicians. And so for me, it's always just about having as much space as possible so that you can show up the way that you want to show up. That was Debbie Friday. And this is Shiro's, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, She Rose Radio. She Rose is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. We've just flipped the calendar to September, and on the 19th, Canada's annual Polaris Prize will be announced. Founded in 2006, the Polaris is Canada's equivalent of the Mercury Prize, which is awarded to the best full-length Canadian album based on artistic merit, they say, regardless of genre, sales, or record label. Now, because we're here to talk inclusion in all aspects of the music industry on Shiro's, here's some numbers. Feist was the first woman to take home the prize in 2012, and in its 16 years, Though many have been nominated, only six women have won so far. Feist, Tanya Tagak, Buffy St. Marie, Lido Pimienta, Havaya Mighty, who became the first black woman and the first rapper ever to win the award in 2019, and Backwash, who became the first trans woman to win in 2020. This year, the Montreal-born, Toronto-based artist and producer Debbie Friday could become the third queer black woman to win the prestigious prize. As a teenager, Debbie Friday was deep in the Montreal rave and club scene and started DJing, but inspired by all of the musicians and artists she was exposed to, Debbie taught herself how to produce music herself, releasing her debut EP, Bitch Punk, in 2018, followed quickly by her second self-produced EP, Death Drive, in 2019. A self-described child of the internet, Debbie dove deep into music discovery on SoundCloud, gathering influences from punk to techno to rock and roll and everything in between. Fast forward to 2023, she brings it all together on her genre-bending full-length debut, Good Luck which arrived in March to critical acclaim. This time, she shared production duties with Juno Award and Polaris Prize-nominated composer and producer Graham Walsh. Good Luck was among 40 albums long-listed for the Polaris in June and then made it to the shortlist of 10 albums in July. It's an exciting moment to welcome Debbie Friday as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. Debbie Friday, welcome to Shiro's. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your full-length debut album. Thank Good you. Luck. So for those not familiar with you, why don't you give us a quick background on Debbie Friday? Where did all this begin for you? Yeah, so I'm a musician, a filmmaker, and I do a few other things as well. But those are my two primary things that I do right now. And as far as where it all began with me 
When I first started getting into music, it was through DJing and partying and nightlife culture. And that was in Montreal, which is where I grew up. And through that, I kind of explored a little bit. I DJed for under a year, but it really exposed me to this side of music, but more importantly, the side of creative industry that I had never had any reference point for before. And I had an experience that I always call like my nervous breakdown, but it was really like a time in my life where essentially, you know, when all those structures in your life kind of disappear and they disintegrate and it's because you're supposed to build something new. And so I ended up quitting nightlife, quitting DJing and everything. And then I taught myself how to produce using YouTube tutorials and just like internet articles, like whatever I could find online. And from there, I made my first EP. That was Bitch Punk, right? Yeah. One of my favorite titles that I've heard in a long time. It's a fun one, it's like, yeah. It's really fun to say. It has so much meaning. Tell us a little bit about that first EP and what you wanted us to hear, what you were saying about becoming an artist stepping into this zone. I think with my first EP, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do this, that I could make music. And so with that EP, I really just put everything I had into it. I kind of just went off of pure instinct and I was in a really angsty place, which I think is reflected on the record, but also a lot of the like harsher electronic sounds reflected a part of my personality that's still present today. But, you know, I'm rough around the edges and I could be a very like in your face type of person. And I feel like all of those aspects, especially of my younger self, are like in that record. And Bitch Punk holds a really special place in my heart just because it was my first thing that I ever did, like my first musical project. And it was the one that really changed my life. It changed everything for me. Obviously, it's so near to your heart. It even has a place on this new album, Good Luck. You hear it mentioned in the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with a song. Where do you want to take us today as kind of an entry point for Good Luck? Okay, in honor of Bitch Punk, maybe let's play Pluto Baby. Can, oh, I love yeah. this one. Is there anything you want to tell us about the song before we play a clip of it? Yeah, so Pluto Baby is like one of the last songs that I wrote for the record. And it came out of a place of pure inspiration. Like I was in the studio, I had finished recording and mixing the other tracks. And then I was like, oh, I kind of want to make another song. And then Graham and I, Graham was my co-producer, we just sat down and... Pluto Baby is what came out and it was so fun to make and it's one of my favorite songs to perform. And it's just got like this flair. It's definitely got like a bitch punk vibe. Pluto baby, no halo in my circle. Kaki kokitis, I'm cold as the ninth inferno. It's for certain I leave a hurting, but I'm not hurtful. Said my love is a black hole. Little lady, where you going with that body buzzing, body hugging? I give to I owe you nothing, don't come for me I love him and I leave him be uh, I said no comfort for your company It's Miss Friday, but only if you're nasty like that And only if you ask me like that Link, link, link I said I'm sicker than Lazarus Back from the dead, I'm so hazardous Big Debbie, I make you my fan and my witness Too heavy, yeah, I give you a taste of religion This is my body, this is my blood I make it rain, baby, I make it flood 
Debbie Friday here with us on Shiro's and the new album, her full length debut is called Good Luck. It's out now on Sub Pop Records. I'm Carmel Holt. The bitch punk vibes that we were referring to is a callback to the debut EP, which came out in 2018. Those of you that have already gotten into Debbie Friday, you should definitely dig back and listen to those first two EPs. They're just as good. So awesome to hear how fully formed you were, actually. What do you hear in terms of the continuum from bitch punk to death drive to good luck? I think I became more cohesive as a musician, which I'm really proud of. And so it's something that's important to me and something that I want to continue to develop. Like I just became more solid as a person and also a little bit less opaque. I think in my first two projects, there was still this wall between myself, my creativity and the audience. I didn't really feel necessarily like safe enough to be super vulnerable. Whereas on good luck, I definitely opened up so, so, so much. What do you attribute that to? I think just life, getting older, you know, you have different experiences and, you know, you meet people, they change you, all of that stuff. Like it's stuff that anyone would go through. But I think also I did make a conscious effort when I was making Good Luck. I do remember I wanted to make something that was more vulnerable. I wanted listeners and, you know, my fans and stuff to kind of be able to get to know me on a more intimate level. Yeah, Yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I've been talking to a lot of artists, you know, in this time of coming out of the pandemic and music that was made during the pandemic and vulnerability is a very common word that I'm hearing from artists. And that's such a beautiful thing. I think that's one of the silver linings of that time and art made during that time is that it really broke down some of our barriers. And I think for women and for queer folks, I feel like it gave us a space that perhaps we didn't have before that maybe made us feel a little bit safer to do so. I don't know. I wanted to explore that with you. Do you think that there was anything there from that angle that helped you be more vulnerable and reveal more to us? In a way, I can see that for sure, just because, you know, everyone had to spend time with themselves and we were very isolated. Like you couldn't just get together with your friends and family and just see people. It's so funny to think about now just because I feel almost like it was like a fever dream or something. Like it was so intense. It was really like an intense experience. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I don't think I've fully like reconciled what the pandemic even was yet. (laughs) I don't know that I have an answer either. I'm just, you know, noticing as I'm having these conversations where there's commonalities between themes that are coming up and Mm -hmm. the type of records that are being made from all different genres and all different people. Speaking of genre, I wanted to read this quote, and I think this was going back to bitch punk, actually. I'm an aggressive woman, so my music is aggressive. I live in a world that is aggressive towards my identities and the body that I inhabit. So, of course, my reaction is going to be aggression. And then you went on to say there's a whole stigma around being an angry queer black woman. I'm just really tired of it, and it's very unnuanced. Is there a carryover of any of that into good luck? And is there any of those feelings that are present still or is that of the past and you've moved through it? Yeah, that specific interview, I get asked about that often. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's like that's just not the way that I think these days. I Mm -hmm. have changed my mind about a lot of things and... 
I would use totally different words. And I think the context is just so different. And no, I don't think there's any of that on good luck. Good luck is just like, I'm a different person now than I was when I was first talking about those things. And like, that was my, I think my first uh, interview that I ever did. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. It was like the first thing I ever did for a publication. And uh, yeah, I think now I have just a totally different perspective on things. It just doesn't apply anymore in that way. Well, can we talk about what your perspective is now? Yeah. anything. The things that you were addressing in that way then, how do you feel about them now? Yeah. I think that now, well, first of all, it's like I don't see myself as angry anymore. So it's Mm. like even that way that I would characterize myself is just not applicable. Also, I just don't really feel like I concern myself with the projections of the world anymore at all. It got to the point where it was exhausting, honestly. And now where I am and just the way that I move through things, for me, it's like other people's problems are not my problems. Like other people's projections are not my projections. And I don't have to use those words or those ideas when thinking about myself and I can make up my own mind and I can you know see the world in my own way and that is just as valid as anything else I think now I just like think a lot more freely and with that freedom has come peace is what I want to say that's amazing. Debbie Friday here with us on Shiro's. The new album is called Good Luck. Why don't you take us to another track? Maybe one that you feel the most proud of from a production standpoint. Was there any song on this album that you felt really pushed your edges and you felt like you were able to get to a new level with? Yeah, let's play So Hard to Tell. So Hard to Tell is probably the most different song that I have written, but definitely took me out of my comfort zone. Baby, baby, the tears they fall from your eyes when the sun goes down. Hard to tell. Gorgeous track from Debbie Friday's new album, Good Luck. She's here with us on Shiro's and I'm Carmel Holt. I was curious about your musical background, even though you said you came up as a DJ. I love your singing and all of your vocal stylings. Like, was there anything that influenced you that you can look back and go, oh, yeah, that's probably where I got that from? Well, I'm definitely a child of the internet. So it's kind of like a little bit of everything growing up. You could look up whatever you wanted and you just had access to pretty much like not the entirety of like human musical archives, but quite a lot of it. And so I kind of picked up things from everywhere. 
And I think that's also why my music just has this hybrid quality and this hybrid sound to it. And it's because the influences really are from everywhere. You're from Nigeria originally. Was there any Nigerian music when you were growing up? Oh, definitely. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what did you grow up hearing? Well, for my parents, like two of their favorite artists were um, Fela Kuti and King Sonia Day. And we would listen to them all the time. Like they would love to play the music out loud, especially like on Sundays when, you know, you're like off school and stuff and they're off work. And so they'd play a lot of Nigerian music, a lot of gospel music at home. I remember talking to Santi Gold about Fela Kuti. She was saying how what made that music so important in her household was that it wasn't just Fela's music, but it also became the springboard for conversation, you know, about the state of the world and about politics. Did it ever prompt any conversation along that line in your household? I think it was just already a natural thing just because mm -hmm. Nigerian culture, you know, people talk about things like they love to get together over food and to talk about the world, especially the men. They always have an opinion on politics and whatever is happening. And also being in diaspora, I was born in Nigeria, but I grew up in Montreal and there was like a small Montreal Nigerian community, but not really huge or anything. But yeah, people would just get together and I would see my parents like talking with their friends. It was just normal part of everyday life. It wasn't necessarily connected to the music. But, you know, when they would tell me about these artists and stuff, because it was my family that told me about Fela Kuti and King Sunny Day, they would talk about their lives and stuff. Because back then as well, there was very few international superstar musicians in that way. And I believe like Fela Kuti was like one of the first ones um, mm -hmm. to really break beyond the boundaries of Nigeria and become such an international sensation like that. Nowadays, it's a lot more common. Like we see a lot of like Afrobeats artists and stuff yeah. like Thames and Wizkid and Skepta and stuff like that. Have you ever wanted to collaborate with any of those artists? Is of there course. any desire? Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> of course. I was thinking that maybe we could go to another track here. And I was wondering whether there was any song on this album that you felt would be speaking to the female or queer experience. Uh, nothing in particular, because I'd say the album's so personal. But if I had to choose a song to play, I'd probably play What a Man. First of all, it's like one of my favorite songs on the album. Like, I'm so proud of that one. And... It has this like rock and roll flair to it, but in mm -hmm. this way that I feel like is almost like a modern take on rock and roll, which I love. Like I love the genre and there's a lot of rock and roll legends that have influenced me so much. Like Little Richard, Sherry Curry, Joan Jett, these types of people. Like I love their music. And so I can see like the links and the lineages in there with the song. I had a man, he loved me so. His heart was small.
Tiffany Friday here with us on Shiro's. That's What a Man from the amazing new album called Good Luck. It must be feeling so good to be seeing so much amazing press on this album. Talk to us about what it's felt like to have it out in the world. The biggest thing has been a sense of relief, 100%, because it's been a long time coming. Like I spent almost two years essentially just prepping for this moment. Like it took me two years to write the album, write the film, record everything, you know, do everything. Everything I needed to do for the release. And so it feels like finally. Yeah. I mean, the film is amazing, too. And your visuals are incredible. Is that another thing that you self-taught how to do videography? Yeah, in a way, self-taught, but also I was very lucky in that when, so I lived in Vancouver for four years after I left Montreal. And when I was in Vancouver, I was able to just meet people who were working in film and who I was able to like collaborate with and also in particular like learn from them. And they taught me so much. I'm so grateful for my time in Vancouver because of that. Like it was invaluable. It was almost like a crash course film school education, but just really hands on. So I was really lucky in that regard. And I learned so much from them. Like in particular, Ryan Ermacora is someone that I worked with a lot while I was there. And he works on film as well. Like he only shoots on film. And so I feel like I even got even more out of that because shooting on film is its own thing versus shooting on digital. So I learned a lot while I was in Vancouver. And then when I moved out here to Toronto and I shot the short film, so good luck, the short film, that was another experience as well of like learning and going through this process that was almost, I would call it like boot camp in a way. But yeah, I am a hands-on learner. When it came to film, it was just like, just diving in straight ahead and you just figure it out as you go. Are there any artists in your family? Like, can you trace this back anywhere? Music or the visual art? No, like no, nobody, not even, I'm thinking even my extended family, like no one is in the arts at all. Everyone's like doctors or engineers, like very typical, like immigrant dream. There's no one that I can think of that's in the arts, but you know, my siblings and I were creative. Like I, my sister's into fashion and other sister, she's into illustration and music and yeah, but no one's like in the arts. We are not a industry family at all. <laughs> what things have you learned being in the, I'm putting this in air quotes, in the industry as a woman in music thus far? Yeah. Well, one thing I can definitely say that I've learned is that I'm grateful that I am an autodidactic learner, but I'm also grateful that I have all these skills to take with me. So for example, I always say, if you are a woman in music, just learn how to produce, learn the basics of music production, because it's going to save you so much time and headache. And it's just like gives you an advantage in the sense of having that basic understanding gives you so much more power and agency when it comes to your work. You don't have to be the best producer in the world. You just have to like know how the DAWs, like one of the programs work. Even if you just know how to like do your own vocal comping or something like that, it just gives you so much more power. And so I would say that's something I've learned is just like learning where you can like have your power so you can have your agency. And once again, I think I'm very lucky because I was naturally inclined to picking up those skills. Like those are things like I was already interested in. And that's where I started from. When it came to music, I was 
automatically I was like, well, I'm going to learn how to produce. Like I wanted to do that. So now that I have those, like I can see how valuable those skills have been in my career and just like in getting me to where I am now. Yeah. And you produce this entire yeah. album. So amazing. People must be asking you all the time, like, so who did you work with? Who produced your record? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. I think because I've also produced my last two projects, I think people, most people know, but when they ask me, like, I like saying that, yeah, I produced it. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. And we need more women producers, you know, the numbers 100%. are still so yeah. low. Like in the United States, I think it's like still hovers around two or three yeah. percent. I remember reading that and I was shocked. Any yeah. ideas about what we can do to move the needle on that? I think one thing, you know, in certain cases, I do think like representation is useful because when you see someone else doing it, you get the feeling like, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. At least that's the way that I think. It's like, okay, like she's there, she's doing her thing. Like if she can do it, I can figure out something for myself. And so I think it helps in that sense. But I also think, you know just get around people who are like doing the things you want to do. Just follow your impulse. I feel like if we taught more young people that your impulses, that's your compass for your life. Like what you are drawn to, that's your intuition speaking to you. It's like giving you a clue about what it is that you're meant to do in this world. And so you should follow that. Don't doubt yourself. That's really, really important and such good words. And I was curious when you said representation, oh, I saw them doing that that made me think I can do that. Was there anybody for you on the production side? Yeah, I would say definitely, especially when I think of my like university years, I was really mm -hmm. into like a lot of online music communities and like just online music. So mm -hmm. I came across women like, for example, like Abra or the Buttress or uh, Sevdaliza, and even there was like the SoundCloud era, I want to call it like this mm -hmm. like golden years of SoundCloud where it was a lot of just ordinary people like posting their music to SoundCloud and it would be just like the most futuristic, like interesting and complex music that I hadn't heard before. And so I got so much inspiration from these musical communities and just from the people that were part of these communities. Like I'm even thinking of like very, very early hyper pop, like when Sophie and Arca were just bubbling on SoundCloud and stuff and even like early Tumblr days, uh, things like that. Yeah. The other thing that we talk about on Shiro's is image and your visuals. It's all just so beautifully thought out and presented. What's your opinion about being sexualized or mm. being objectified as women in music? So when it comes to that, it's like I understand why some women make the choices that they do. Like I'm not going to judge other people's decisions that they make to navigate uh, this industry because, you know, it's real. Like being a woman in music, it's real. There are things that do get in the way. There's all these like preconceived notions you have to deal with. And there's like certain standards that were set during a time where women were straight up just not respected in their own right as musicians. And so I never judge what anyone is going to choose to do or not to do. When it comes to that, I think for me, it's always just about having as much space as possible so that you can show up the way that you want to show up. The thing that's the most important is that you're able to feel like, okay, I can authentically represent myself and I can authentically like explore the ideas I want to explore. And it doesn't really matter 
necessarily like, oh, is this too sexual or is it not too sexual? Like what's important is like having the space to do that on your own terms, right? So you're the one that's making the decision. You're the one that's deciding and that's it. Like that's all you can ask for is just to have that autonomy. Once again, coming back to this idea of like autonomy and power, that is what is most important to me. Debbie Friday, thank you so much for being with us on Shiro's. You had so many good things to say, and I am so excited that you're here, literally here doing it and representing, and I'm sure that you've already inspired so many others, you know, it's exciting. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you choose one more song for us to take us out? Yeah, let's play I Got It, because that's a really fun song, and I love that song. Don't try so hard, it don't impress, it don't affect me. Don't go too far, just come correct, don't you neglect me. No soy difícil de complacer, solo ponte de rodillas, pero aquí está que yo diga que te levantes. thanks once again to Debbie Friday. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Many thanks once again to Debbie Friday for being with us. The Polaris Prize nominated full-length debut, Good Luck, is out now on Sub Pop Records. She Rose is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. She Rose is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit SheRoseRadio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the She Rose shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at She Rose Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast that helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening. <laughs>